The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. As we head into the daily COVID-19 update, want to remind you over the weekend, 463 new cases in Alberta, bringing that total to 4,480. We had one new death on the weekend. Let's head to the legislature. We're starting this afternoon with Rick Wilson, the Minister of Indigenous Relations. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to today's update on COVID-19. We will open with remarks from Minister Rick Wilson, Minister of Indigenous Relations. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm here today to provide an update uh, regarding Indigenous communities and COVID-19. Firstly, I want to thank uh, Dr. Hinshaw and her team at Alberta Health, Alberta Health Services and the Alberta Emergency Management Agency team for their exceptional response during this challenging time. I also want to recognize the outstanding response planning and preparedness by Indigenous communities to keep members as safe as possible. Unfortunately, even with the best preparedness, infections can still occur. I'm here to inform you that Bears Paw First Nation in the foothills west of Calgary has reported an outbreak at Eden Valley of 14 cases and one case at Morley. All cases are self-isolating at home, though Bears Paw has two isolation centers uh, ready to house people, one of which can safely accommodate up to 150 people. My thoughts are continually with those affected by COVID-19 in these communities and at Sucker Creek First Nation, which reported a positive case last week as well. Bears Paw First Nation is part of a larger organization called the Stony Nakoda Tribal Administration, which has a first-rate emergency response system in place. We all share a concern about community transmission and are working hard to contain this outbreak so more people can stay healthy. Our work now is to be sure that Bears Paw Health and Emergency Management teams have reliable communications technology in place to connect with Alberta Health Services and the RCMP, as this has been a challenge due to the rocky terrain in this area. They are close to getting licensing for a radio system, which the RCMP will help in the short, with the RCMP and it'll help in the short term with their communication problems. We're also working together on the option of bringing in a temporary cellular tower. I've been communicating throughout the weekend and now into the week uh, with the Bears Paw leadership, including uh, uh, Chief Darcy Dixon, uh, their CEO Rob Shortclose, and Stony Nakoda CEO Ryan Robb. And we continue to monitor the evolving situation and partner with Indigenous leadership to face this pandemic. Thank you. We'll now turn it over to the Minister of Community and Social Services, Minister Swanee. Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for being here. Yesterday, I reported that there were two positive cases of COVID-19 identified at the Calgary Drop-In Centre. There is now a third confirmed case at the drop-in center and a fourth from the Salvation Army in Calgary. We are working tirelessly to address this situation and protect the people who have tested positive for COVID-19, those they have been in contact with, and the staff and people staying at the shelters. Supporting Albertans struggling with homelessness has been one of our top priorities as we navigate this public health crisis. Alberta Health Services is fully engaged and leading this response. AHS began testing all shelter guests at the Calgary Drop-In Centre and is starting to test individuals at the Salvation Army today.
We have identified the people who have had close contact with those infected and are helping support them at this time. Individuals who test positive and those who are symptomatic and awaiting test results will be moved to the isolation centre in Calgary. All staff and clients at both locations are required to wear personal protective equipment while we work to manage the situation. We have diligently been working with shelter operators to support guests and staff. We are also working with AHS to act quickly and help slow the spread of the virus. We will continue working closely with the Calgary Drop-In Centre, Salvation Army and AHS to ensure that those with critical needs are protected. Thank you. And now we'll invite Dr. Dina Hinshaw, Chief Medical Officer of Health. Thanks, Tom, and good afternoon, everyone. We have confirmed 216 new cases over the last 24 hours, bringing the total number of COVID-19 cases to 4,696. There are currently 87 people hospitalized due to COVID-19, with 20 of these individuals in intensive care. So far, 1,664 people in our province have recovered from COVID-19. I must also report that there have been two additional deaths in the province. This brings the total number of lives lost to 75. I do not want this number of deaths to become just one more statistic. The same is true of all those in ICU and hospital, where numbers of those needing hospital treatment has increased over the past few days. These cases illustrate that infection with this virus has serious consequences for many people. Families are grieving those who have died. Other families are worried about loved ones in intensive care or hospital, with visitor restrictions causing separation on top of this worry. These are the reasons we cannot give up on our work to prevent spread. This virus can only be defeated by our collective efforts to protect each other. We also need to protect those who are most vulnerable. There are currently 458 confirmed cases in Alberta continuing care facilities. Outbreaks in these facilities remain a major concern, which is why we expanded testing eligibility to include asymptomatic staff and residents in any facility with an outbreak. There were some initial difficulties in getting this up and running in some Calgary facilities, given the volume of outbreaks that are being experienced but Alberta Health Services has worked hard to bring in additional teams to make testing available in these sites. It is also a concern that over the weekend, we have identified four cases of COVID-19 in Calgary's homeless population. Alberta has specifically prioritized testing in vulnerable populations, including the homeless population. Over 1,000 symptomatic individuals experiencing homelessness have been tested to date. All results had been negative up till yesterday morning when the first positive result was reported to Alberta Health. Alberta Health Services is investigating to determine if there were any further exposures and is following up to ensure steps are taken to limit the spread. This is a concern as homeless Albertans don't have access to the same kinds of supports and resources that many of us have available and take for granted. As a part of outbreak management, we have implemented testing of all contacts, both symptomatic and asymptomatic persons, at the centres that are affected. This testing began yesterday. 
In addition, in both Edmonton and Calgary, a process is being put in place to offer testing to a sample of asymptomatic people experiencing homelessness. Alberta Health is discussing this testing process with shelters and physicians in those cities for individuals who consent to this testing. This step is a precaution to help us identify cases as quickly as possible and reduce the chance of outbreaks occurring in shelters and similar settings. More details on this testing will be shared in the coming days. We have also, as you heard earlier, been informed of 13 confirmed cases of COVID-19 in the Bears Paw First Nation in Southern Alberta. As you heard, this community has an experienced emergency management team in place that managed through the 2013 Southern Alberta floods. This experience meant this First Nation knew how to prepare and plan for sufficient equipment, personnel and plans in place to treat those affected with COVID-19 and most importantly, to have measures in place to help contain the spread. I am confident the system is working and the community is able to manage the outbreak. Another situation I want to talk about is in the Edmonton zone, where there are two investigations underway of small hospital outbreaks where swift action has been taken to contain the spread. These are at the Sturgeon General Hospital and the Royal Alexandra Hospital, where a small number of cases seem to be linked within each facility. There are no links between the two facilities. Another case identified at the Edmonton General has been linked with the Sturgeon Hospital outbreak as a result of patient transfer. A quick response to these cases means that spread of the virus is being prevented and patients and staff are being protected. It is important to be transparent about these situations so Albertans know we are sharing information as soon as we have it. This means that numbers may change over the coming days as more is understood about these situations. Updates will be provided as we learn more. It is encouraging that we have been able to identify cases quickly so we can immediately take steps to limit further infections. Precautionary steps are taken when even a single case is identified in an acute care facility. And I'd like to remind you that we publicly post facility names when there are two or more cases, meaning there is evidence of some transmission within the facility. It is also important to note that cases at these acute care facilities are limited to a single unit and not spread throughout the site. Stringent processes are in place to limit the spread and hospitals remain safe thanks to the diligent efforts of healthcare workers. Starting today, we will post the total testing numbers for healthcare workers employed by Alberta Health Services, as well as the number of positive tests among this group. We are working to include other healthcare workers, including those employed by Covenant Health in the near future. We are doing this in the interests of transparency. And I must remind you, there is no reason to assume healthcare workers may present a higher risk of spreading infection. We need to support these workers and their efforts to protect patient health, not to create fear or stigmatize them. Finally, I'd like to touch on what I spoke about last week with respect to summer events. I know many Albertans are disappointed that organizers are canceling summer events. Some may be wondering if we'll have restrictions on mass gatherings all summer long. Right now, the order in place prohibits gatherings of more than 15 people. No decision has been made on when we will be able to relax this limit on gatherings, 
but it is something we will continue to monitor as we see the results of our collective efforts to prevent the spread paying off. We have seen in Alberta that gatherings of even a small group can cause the virus to spread to many others. So it's critical we don't rush this decision and undo a lot of the progress that we have seen over the past weeks. Thank you for continuing to be patient and making these sacrifices every day to ensure your loved ones, neighbours, co-workers and fellow citizens stay safe. I know Albertans are tired of staying home. I know we all need to feel like we can see the end of this restriction, especially as the weather gets nicer and we all want to be outside. We are planning how we can move towards easing restrictions in a way that does not rapidly increase the risk of transmission with more ICU admissions and deaths. In the meantime, please know you can go outside and enjoy the sunshine. Anyone who is not sick or a close contact of a confirmed case can be outside with a small number of friends as long as you stay at least two meters away from, uh, from each other and you don't share food or drink. We will get through this. There will be an easing of restrictions when it is safe to do so. Please stay the course and protect your friends, family and neighbours as they are protecting you. Thank you and I'll be happy to take questions. All right, friendly reminder that in addition to Dr. Hinshaw, we have Minister Sani, Minister Wilson, as well as Dr. Mark Jaffe, Medical Director and Vice President with AHS. Operator, could you put through the first question, please? First is Alex McCaig with Chat Medicine Hat. Go ahead, Alex. Hi, this is a question for Dr. Hinshaw. And I'm just wondering if you could maybe describe the situation in Brooks. We've seen uh, quite a spike in the cases in that city in the last week. And uh, we understand there's three days of community testing uh, during this week, as well as community isolation facilities set up. Can you talk a little bit about if, if you feel that's going to be enough to stem um, the cases in, in that city? So uh, my understanding, having spoken to colleagues in the South Zone, and I will reiterate that the outbreaks are managed by my colleagues, the frontline medical officers of health, uh, but my understanding is that there are many factors uh, with respect to the spread of the virus in Brooks. Uh, there are households that don't necessarily have a lot of space, so there are many people who are all living together in the same household, and it's for that reason that we want to make sure that there are hotel facilities available. So if someone is a case of, has, a, has COVID, is a case of COVID or is a close contact and they're not able to stay apart from others in their home, we want to make sure that we're supporting them and offering space that's safe for them to go to and to isolate away from others in their household. We also know that there are many people in Brooks, uh, as in the rest of the province, who are extremely hardworking. Many people who have multiple jobs uh, and are working very hard to support their families, working very hard to, in fact, provide services to the rest of us in Alberta, uh, such as with respect to meat processing. And so I think the important thing that we're doing and what I'm supporting my colleagues at that local level to do is to make sure that there is every single support available to stop transmission in every place where transmission is happening. And we know that with those large households, um, 
with people who uh, often are, are sharing rides, carpooling, we need to make sure that people have masks, that there is uh, support available for people to safely isolate, that people have the ability to uh, reach out if they have any questions about COVID, that there's trusted sources, uh, references and resources available if people happen to have a language other than English that they feel most comfortable um, receiving information in. And those are all things that are being done by that local response team, in addition, as you say, to the rapid testing that's being set up this week. And so, again, I would just say that um, the important thing for me is not to stigmatize people who have COVID, but to support them, because the more that people feel ashamed or uh, feel targeted if they do become infected, the less likely people are to come forward, and then we lose the chance to control the spread. So what we need to do is support people. Operator, could you put through the next question, please? Next is Pat uh, Sedlecki with CJOC Radio. Go ahead, Pat. Hi, Dr. Hinshaw. Um, I know that a lot of parents are kind of wondering and concerned in regards to school uh, for September, given the situation that we're in. And, and there's been some talk uh, about uh, Quebec today and what they've kind of phasing in elementary schools now, that kind of thing. Uh, any hope for parents uh, going through the summertime here soon and then into September as to whether kids are going to be allowed to go back to school? So we're looking really carefully at all of the current restrictions that are in place. So schools are one of those uh, current restrictions that obviously there's no attendance at schools right now except for the virtual education that's being provided. With respect to being able to support schools to plan for safe opening, um, that's certainly something that the discussions around relaunch, what relaunch will look like, what the sequencing will look like, uh, those are all discussions that are happening with the Emergency Management Committee of Cabinet. Uh, and so I will be uh, working with my team to provide recommendations on things, including schools. Uh, but because those discussions have not yet been finalized, uh, there's not anything to share with the public except to know that we are taking the safety of children, of teachers, of staff uh, very seriously and wanting to make sure that when the school opening happens that we've put measures in place to limit and mitigate risk of spread. Operator, could you put through the next question, please? Next is Rafi Bujikanian with CBC. Go ahead, Rafi. Hi there. Thanks for taking my question. Dr. Hinshaw, I'm wondering if you can talk to us about what health concerns you have during mass evacuations happening in a pandemic, as we're now seeing in Fort McMurray, both in terms of health concerns as people are fleeing and what they may have to do as precautions once these floodwaters recede and they begin the process of rebuilding whatever it is they may have lost. Sure. So the combination of dealing with evacuations alongside COVID-19 is one that's been discussed uh, for several months with respect to the Provincial Operations Centre and emergency management across the province. Uh, we anticipated that we would need to deal with some evacuations, whether that be for floods or for fires, as this particular time of year is the time where we often see these situations. And so our teams at Health have been working with the Provincial Operations Centre to make sure that there are considerations for 
for example, in uh, evacuation centers that we are considering the physical distancing measures and sanitation measures that need to be put in place to prevent spread of COVID. And so those are all the pieces that, uh, again, are part of that planning and have been. With respect to that question about what do we anticipate when people go back, I think the, the health concerns when people go back home after a flood are often very specific to that flood with respect to water damage. Sometimes there's, if something's become damp and hasn't dried out, there can be mold and issues with mold. Uh, there can be issues depending on the nature of the flood with debris and safety issues. If there's disruption of power, then there can be issues with food spoilage uh, in refrigerators or freezers. So all of those would be the concerns that we have every year with this kind of situation when some of those um, health risks surface. And of course, then layering on top of that, the concerns about people moving from one part of the province to the other and staying in places where they might be staying in closer proximity than they normally would. So again, we're trying to make sure that those precautions are all in place in some of the evacuation centers. Operator, could you put through the next question, please? Next is Julia Wong with Global. Go ahead, Julia. Hi, Dr. Hinshaw. Thanks for taking my question. Other provinces have started to release their um, relaunch plans, and I know discussions are still underway in our province, but can you give us a sense of how the relaunch would roll out? What might open first, and how long would things take to roll out? So those questions will be best answered once that discussion with the Emergency Management Cabinet Committee has taken place uh, because exactly those questions are the ones that need to be debated. Uh, clearly we need to be considering the health impacts of opening different businesses or sectors uh, and in addition there's you know the the questions about uh, how do we make sure that we are considering health impacts of the economic slowdown and some of the sectors that have been shut. All of those pieces obviously also have uh, carryover health effects that we need to consider. So those are the pieces that we're going to be discussing and with respect to those timelines and sequencing, uh, you can anticipate it at some point in the future once those decisions have been made that that will be communicated to the public so that people understand what that planning is. Operator, could you please put through the next question? This is David Staples with the Edmonton Journal. Go ahead, David. Hey, Dr. Hinshaw. Um, one of the terms we've heard a lot and we've been hearing a lot is the idea of flattening the curve as kind of the goal of the shutdown. So I'm just wondering um, if you get a refresher on exactly what that means. Does it mean that there's no new infections in a day or for a period of time? Or that the number of new infections per day isn't going up? And if it's that second thing, how close are we to getting to that? So it's absolutely the, the second thing. I don't anticipate that we will be able to completely prevent all spread of the virus. So flattening the curve really references being able to maintain a low level of spread of the virus, preventing it wherever possible, and making sure that our health system has the capacity to support those who do need hospital care or ICU treatment. With respect to how close we are in, in seeing that flattened curve, um, in the last uh, week or so, as we've expanded our testing to all symptomatic Albertans, uh, and as we have seen several significant outbreaks that we've been dealing with, our numbers have risen. 
Uh, so we, we have gone above, we, we had previously been seeing a relatively uh, steady state in terms of number of new cases, and now we've jumped to a, a new steady state of number of new cases. And in addition, the number of hospitalizations each day has also gone up from where it previously was. So I think that is an indicator that we have, in addition to our expanded testing, we also do have a higher number of new cases per day uh, than we had before. So we have to watch that trend very carefully and make sure that we are not moving too quickly into reopening. Uh, because as I referenced last week, uh, by our actions, we have put a barrier up against uh, sort of the virus tidal wave, so to speak. Uh, but if we take that barrier down too quickly, that tidal wave can still roll in and swamp us. And we need to make sure that we're taking prudent and uh, appropriate steps and not moving too quickly and making sure that we continue to limit spread. Uh, we will not stop it entirely, but limiting it is the goal. Operator, could you please put through the next question? Next is Rick Bell with the Calgary Sun. Go ahead, Rick. Uh, good afternoon. This is for uh, Dr. Hinshaw. I know there's been a lot of talk about the long-term care outbreaks, and I'm not asking about that, or the Cargill plant outbreak, and I'm not asking about that. And There's been a lot of stories about outbreaks and numbers and all that sort of thing. But when you look at the entire picture for Alberta, and Alberta's situation as a whole. Um, what, how do you see Alberta doing, especially in reference to uh, the modeling we saw where, um, you know, we were looking at by the end of May, a peak hospitalization of around 818 or perhaps 900, even according to the probable scenario, and we're at 87 right now. Um, and I know that's only one measure. Similarly, with intensive care, the numbers are quite low. And the Premier last week did say that um, the numbers were, you know, well below the previous AHS modeling. So I just wanted you to give you an opportunity to tell Albertans what you think the whole picture looks like. Because right now, we're getting stories of where there are outbreaks, and each story is very heartbreaking. and and sad, um, so just want to give you an opportunity to talk about the situation of Alberta and the whole. How are we doing? How is How are we doing compared to how we could have been doing? Thank you, that's a great question. And uh, I need to be crystal clear that Albertans have done a fantastic job of that uh, flattening the curve goal. So when you talk about the modeling and the, the numbers that we could have seen, certainly when we look at some of the numbers that provinces uh, like Ontario or Quebec have seen, if we had seen the same kind of spread in Alberta, we would absolutely have been at our probable curve. Uh, so I think Albertans can take pride in the way that we have collectively managed to keep the virus under control. Uh, with respect to the spread of the virus outside of those outbreaks, I absolutely would say that, um, again, we've collectively been able to protect each other. Uh, the, the concern that I have when we look at those outbreaks is if we had an outbreak uh, like we're seeing in some of these communities and we did not have some of our collective restrictions in place, the opportunity for the virus to spread very rapidly throughout the entire population and potentially undo some of this good collective work that we've done uh, is still there. So I just want to be really clear that 
Um, that Albertans have done an amazing job and everyone should feel proud of what we've done together. Uh, and when we're looking forward, we need to look at how we're going to be able to ease restrictions. We absolutely must ease some of those restrictions, but do it in a way that we don't rebound and see that modeling come true just at a later point in time. Uh, so those would be the two messages I would want Albertans to know about. Firstly, be proud. Second, let's continue the good work and be cautious as we start to consider easing restrictions. All right, we have time for three more questions. Operator, could you put through the next one, please? Next is Michael King with Global News. Go ahead, Michael. Hi there, Dr. Hinshaw. One clarification and one question. Um, earlier on, Mr. Mason, I believe, said, uh, or sorry, Wilson said, um, that there was, uh, what, 14 cases at Eden Valley and one in Morley, and then later on he said 13. We could just clarify that. And then my question, since mid-April, the percentage of recovered cases has dropped from like 52%. Now I think we're at on to 36%. Why is this, and are any zones seeing any distinct trends when it comes to recoveries? Sure. So I apologize. Uh, I think depending on the timing of when speaking notes are written, there's some numbers that shift. So it is 14 cases. My notes were incorrect. So 14 cases uh, in that First Nation. With respect to the percentage of overall cases that are recovered, the reason that we're seeing that reduction is because relatively recently we have had an increase in the number of new cases. And so if you look at our data online, you can see that over the past week we've had a, an increase. So we're seeing over the past you know, several days, certainly we've been over 200 new cases a day and because of the way that our recovered cases we're looking at those who are 10 days after the onset of their symptoms and uh, those who have not needed to go into hospital not needed any kind of additional care so we're looking at those people who've had a mild disease then it does take a while for a new case to recover and so with our surge in cases recently uh, it will take a while for us to see those cases recover and that's why you're seeing a smaller proportion of our overall cases who've been recovered uh, so I suspect if you looked at the the zones you would see those zones with more new cases which would be south zone and Calgary zone recently as having a lower proportion of their cases recovered simply because of the timing of new diagnoses operator could you please put through the next question next Kevin Nimick with CTV go ahead Kevin Hi, Dr. Hinshaw. We're hearing from family members who have loved ones at Millrise Seniors Village in Calgary, where there are 28 confirmed cases of COVID-19. Family members are telling us that the conditions have become extremely concerning, including residents not being bathed in weeks, residents being served frozen food, staff quitting en masse, and nurses being brought in from BC to help. So I'm asking, are you aware of this situation and what's being done about it as well? Uh, at what point does the province take control of the facility? So uh, with respect to the situation specifically at Millrise, uh, so the reports that, that you're telling me those, those particular instances are very concerning. So I have not been involved in discussions about the Millrise facility specifically, but certainly if there are residents or family members who have concerns uh, about a particular facility, then absolutely those concerns need to be followed up on. Uh, so I don't know, um, that's something that, you know, we do have um, teams in both Alberta Health Services as well as 
our teams in the ministry who are able to do investigations and follow up. I'm not sure if Dr. Jaffe may have more to say about Millrise specifically, but I think the, uh, the important thing would be that when there are concerns, those get flagged and that the the facility in question uh, be provided with every opportunity and every support that's necessary to make sure residents get the care they need. And so we'll follow up, uh, maybe have AHS follow up specifically with details. Um, not sure if we have details at the moment. Thank you. Operator, could you put through our final question, please? We have Adam Toy from Global News. Go ahead, Adam. Yeah, hi, Dr. Hinshaw. Uh, over the weekend, uh, seven, seven different uh, large chain grocery stores reported that they each had individual employees test positive for COVID-19. Wondering if that concerns you uh, as a public health official and wondering if that should concern members of the public, especially if they need to go get groceries. So what I would say to that is... Um Anytime anyone gets COVID-19, that's absolutely a concern. And what part of our public health investigation is, is to understand the likely exposures. So whether it's a workplace exposure uh, or an exposure somewhere else. And I'll maybe use an example uh, from the healthcare numbers that, healthcare worker numbers that we're going to be releasing today. So the fact that a healthcare worker is infected with COVID does not tell us where they got that infection. And so the information that I have is that when you look at the Alberta Health Services employees as a part of the healthcare worker infections that we're going to be posting today, uh, the information I have is that only 12 of those Alberta Health Services employees uh, were deemed to have likely acquired that infection in the workplace. And so there are many, many more healthcare workers who acquired the infection perhaps uh, in the early days on a trip outside of Canada, or more recently, perhaps they were at a social gathering or uh, have a household contact who was a case of COVID and they acquired the infection there. So what I would say about those uh, grocery chains who've reported cases is that that would absolutely be something we would need to be looking at. Uh, and part of the investigation would be to understand where those individuals likely acquired the infection. Uh, and independent of where, whether or not those individuals acquired it at work, every workplace that is open should be implementing precautions and should be using the workplace guidance for non-healthcare workplaces that's available on the Alberta Health website to make sure that all their employees and customers remain safe and prevent exposures to the virus. So again, uh, I think that's something that, that I'll ask my team to follow up on, uh, but just having someone who works in, an, in a place have that person be a case does not tell us where they acquired the infection. Excellent. Thank you all for coming. We'll provide another update on COVID-19 tomorrow. Have a good day. Dr. Dina Hinshaw providing her daily update. It actually started with Rick Wilson, the Minister of Indigenous Relations, um, talking about an outbreak at the Bearspaw First Nation um, and, and uh, 14 cases there and uh, was talking about some of the work that they're doing to try to make sure that con that they have uh, proper communication and, and that sort of thing, the, the essentials that they need. But Dr. Hinshaw saying that she's been very, very impressed with the First Nations and how well they have uh, been set up to handle a potential outbreak. It went on and we heard from um, the Minister of Community and Social Services talking about... Um, 
a small outbreak in the homeless population in Calgary. Um, three, possibly four people there. They're hoping to do... Um, uh, a test on uh, on some folks there and um offer testing to asymptomatic group of of people if they consent as a precaution in hopes of reducing or or, um, limiting a a bigger outbreak. So we'll keep you updated on those numbers. For Alberta, 216 new cases today, bringing the total to 4,696. 87 people are in the hospital right now, 20 of them in ICU. 1,664 Albertans have recovered covered from COVID-19 and we've had two additional deaths bringing that total to uh to 75 um 458 cases still in continuing care facilities and that continues to be a, a concern for, for Dr. Hinshaw and certainly a concern for any of you who have loved ones in um, in a long-term care facility, a continuing care facility. Just had an email from someone dealing with uh, exactly that. So they're, they're trying to keep an eye on all of that and continue to try to control it in some way.